Hello, and welcome to Marshall Matters with me, Winston Marshall, at The Spectator. This week, I had rather a different kind of interview. Last night, I spoke with Zvyatoslav Vakachuk. Zvyatoslav is the lead singer of Akian Elsa, Ukraine's biggest band. He's a household name and an artist who fills stadia across Ukraine and beyond. In 2014, the band broke the record for the biggest concert in his home country, with 75,000 attending their show at the Olympsky Stadium. Sviatoslav's talents go far beyond music. He has a PhD in theoretical physics. He was the first person to answer every question correctly on Ukraine's version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? He's a philanthropist and a social entrepreneur. Bakachuk's career has dipped in and out of politics. In 2019, he founded Holos, or Voice, a pro-European liberal political party. Soon after, he was elected to Parliament and served there for a year. Even in normal circumstances, it would be an honour to speak with this man. But these aren't normal circumstances. When we spoke, it was the 11th day since Russia had invaded his country in what has been and continues to be a brutal and bloody war. Thank you so much, Mr. Vakachuk, for taking the, the time in this unbelievable time to speak with me. Thank you. Um, of course, now speaking to you, this is the 11th day of conflict since Russia has invaded uh, your country. Uh, where are you and what, what can you tell us about the, those 11 days? Uh, today is my... Uh, I, would, I, I don't know, I cannot say anything about war in terms of uh, working days and day offs. But it happened to be, I happened to come back to my native city of Lviv to visit my mom because today would be my dad's birthday if uh, would he be alive. Uh, he unfortunately passed away. So, so we went to the cemetery and it was a little bit of, of a private thing. But also I officially joined the, 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 the self-defense uh, unit today. It was just a question of doing it officially with documents. So I still doing what I do. Previous 10 days, I was traveling a lot around Ukraine and visiting many places in the east, namely Kharkiv and Zaporizhia and Dnipro and Odessa and other places. So we mainly went to see uh, the hospitals and to speak to personnel and also to wounded soldiers. The other thing we did, we, I made meetings with members of territorial self-defense. Also, we did a lot of interviews and we meet officials in, in, in the regions, in the councils. So what I'm actually doing, I can, in a jokingly way, jokingly, I subscribe to it. it it's, it's a mixture of, uh, I would say, what Marlene Dietrich did during the war and uh, probably a mixture of celebrity today because you do different things. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everyone's, everyone have a, wants to have a photo with you. The fact that you visit their city, which is under bombing now, inspires people. They call me from siege cities and want me to say something on WhatsApp video just to, to you know, increase their temper and all that kind of things. So, so it's actually, you, you inspire people. That's actually, I continue doing, doing what I did in a peaceful time. But this time, you don't invite people to buy tickets to your rock concerts. You just go to them directly. And you just spend your money and money of volunteers to bring them something. So that's the opposite. But the essence is the same. I give them energy. 
you're giving them energy. And what, how would you describe their energy? And of, of course, I imagine it's different in all these different places that you're, you're visiting. But what's the mood? What's the spirit um, of the Ukrainians you're meeting? Ukrainians are very furious. Ukrainians are very focused. Ukrainians are ready to fight till the end of war, which they want to, to end with victory. So they're not ready to give up. They're not ready to panic. They're not ready to subverse. And uh, they're great. I'm proud of my people. I can tell you without any exaggeration, I think Ukraine today is the bravest nation in the world. Yeah, I think. Because who we fight. So we are David who fights the Goliath. And actually, um, and, and I think we will win. Exactly this. But this, for the same reason that David won this battle with Goliath, just because we are, have better motivation. Mm. And when you're meeting uh, the, these people, are you are, are you playing music for them? Are you you just speaking with them, uh, talking with them? What, what's what's those? Things it's mostly that I talk to them. I talk to them things they want to listen, but also sometimes some truth. I think is they maybe don't think about it, but I'm trying to prepare them for this truth sometimes i sing sometimes i read uh, my poems actually the last poem which i wrote which is called where you came from my hatred because actually hatred is a very new feeling for me uh, i'm 46 now and i never experienced any hatred to any person any people uh, i'm i'm, a, I'm a, a sort of i'm trying to be a good man but now i have this hatred in my heart and it's toxic and it's certainly presses you and it uh, poisons you. But I know that the only way to get rid of this hatred is to win the war. Mm. Is it because of an overwhelming sense of injustice of, of what you're seeing? Absolutely. I think that a crazy dictator who, because of being so many years in, in power, uh, lost the feeling of reality, uh, imposed a war which, in my opinion, at least in Europe, it's the biggest and the, blo uh, the bloodiest affair and the most overwhelmingly horrible thing that happened since World War II. And I mean it. Wow. And, but despite this feeling, I've seen actually you, you're doing some really positive things. I mean, just like... Yes. Like hatred is only for the, for the enemy. But this hatred is... It's a strange feeling. I cannot tell you because I'm still a kind person. I love people. I, I'm very happy to see anybody. But somewhere deep, there is this kind of new motivation just to destroy your enemy. Hmm. And I think I'm not alone. I think 40 million Ukrainians feel the same, completely the same. If you can compare it, if you can ask your, I presume you're, you're British, right? Yes. So, so you can ask your grandfather or, or somebody from that generation, how do they feel the first moments when uh, Germany started bombing English cities. Mm. It's probably the same. You focused, you, you're ready to fight, but you, you feel some hatred. You hate your enemy mm. because you don't know why it happened. Why did they, why were they there doing that? I mean, what the fuck did they want? Mm. The deeper lay of problem here in Ukraine is that Russians, contrary to some Arabic world and Israel, they are not ready to recognize the very existence of the state. So they were 
masking it during all these 20 something years. But in frankly, frankly speaking, they never deep inside in, in their political elite, they never tolerated the fact that Ukraine is an independent state. They always treated it as, as, as a just lost territory they need to get back. And they want to impose this Russian world, so-called Ruskinir in Ukraine. But the thing is, Ukrainians are sick and tired of that. They now never, they are completely different nations. So we look similar, our languages are similar, but our DNAs are completely different. So uh, you, for, you, for Ukraine, dignity and freedom is something they are ready to die for. As we see for Russians, not so much because they are afraid of being imprisoned and that's why they then go to the streets because at the end of the day, they can stop Putin. If millions of people, if one million of people, you know, floods in streets of Moscow or St. Petersburg, it may be over. Hmm. Just to add to what I see you doing as a positive thing, but ties in with what you're saying there is that you've been sending videos uh, addressing uh, Russians themselves and, and the mothers of Russian soldiers. Am I right in understanding that? Yes, because you need to talk to them. You need to address them, your messages. And my message is very simple. Look, it's your children. Uh, there is a chance that you stop them and you do something so they don't become you know, tools, bloody tools in the, uh, in the hands of Putin. Yes, it's risky. Yes, uh, they maybe go to jail or something, but at least they will not have blood on their heads of, of innocent children in, in Ukraine. But also that will save them from being killed in action in Ukraine. And that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna kill them in action if they come. Mm -hmm. And our soldiers have been doing it for these 10 days. They've lost more than 11,000 people. So it's, it's, it's a huge number for, for the war today. I mean, it's an overwhelmingly huge number. Mm. And it will be only bigger and bigger and bigger. In 10 days, 10,000, uh, what will be in month or in half a year, you do the, you do the math. Mm. And just to your point of, of the, the kind of long history of Ukraine and Russia, and uh, is there a, how united are Ukrainians? Um, are, are, there, are there those of Ukrainians who, who are perhaps more culturally or consider themselves more Russian? Is there a split there at all? Or um, um... 24th of February completely changed the narrative. So before we had some people who had pro-Russian sentiments, I assume it diminished uh, or vanished at all. So I think 99% of Ukrainians are ready to fight and they treat Russia as an aggressor and as an enemy. And those who has hesitated and had doubts, they actually buried these doubts on the ruins of Ukrainian homes and uh, Ukrainian women and children and innocent people who died there. Mm. So the Rubicon has been you know, crossed. Mm. So the Rubicon has been crossed for Ukrainians. Uh, and it's very clear uh, that the numbers of uh, how much Western-oriented Ukrainians are now, you can see the polls. So 85% of Ukrainians want to join EU. I don't think that in EU member countries, there, is, there are such big numbers. 76% of Ukrainians want to join NATO. And it, 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 it jumped 25% from in a, in a week. Joining the EU and joining NATO are 
two of the grievance Putin, uh, and, and, and this is in no way excusing what Putin's doing, but that's the, the, the Western facing approach for, for Ukraine uh, taking is one of his grievances. And in, if Ukraine were to join the EU or NATO, would that not be an escalation? Do you, uh, or do you, th do you think that that would be a solution for? for we, we already have escalation, which I don't think can be even bigger. First of all, second, we're not talking about that anybody will be happy to, to get Ukraine today. So I'm realistic. So I'm not, I'm musician, but I'm, and maybe I'm a idealist, but I'm not a romantic guy. So I, I, I understand that, that today is impossible. But the thing is that Ukrainians want it and it's a general consensus. So, so that's a fairy tale and bad fairy tale created by Putin's propagandists that Ukraine actually wants to be in Russian world. Ukraine never wanted actually, but even the, even, even the second thoughts that had, some Ukrainians had now uh, ev evaporated, you know? So it's complete, it's cohesion, it's unification, it's uh, uh, we stand by each other and, and actually it's a birth of a big new political nation. And I'm, I'm sure that no matter what will be the impact of the war from the military side, Ukrainian nation, now is ready to last for the next 1,000 years. Hmm. And seeing, the, for, as a sort of sign of hope, I, I've seen numbers, 100,000 Ukrainians have now joined the territorial army. Yeah, and it's, and they, they, they come more and more and more. So it was 80,000, now it's 100, it's gonna be 120 probably in a couple of days. So we don't know when the number stops and it's very encouraging. And do you have uh, any interaction with your former colleagues in, in, in government? And uh, is there any... Uh, Not so many because they're doing their job. I'm doing my job. I talked mostly to Roman Kostenko, who is a member of Party of Golas and MP, but he's also a former... I don't know how to say it to you, uh, how you call this in English. Let's say a sort of Navy SEAL. So a former elite intelligence combat officer, you know? And he's one of the best in Ukraine. And so he's now in one of the cities fighting in Nikolaev. He's fighting in combat, yeah. And he, he's doing great job. So he has his own unit. So at sometimes we talk. Uh, I also talked to my friend, former journalist, Serhii Rachmanin, who, who, who is in Ukrainian self-defense in Kyiv. So these are two people, but, but I support anybody. Actually, it's not about politics. It's about winning the war. We can have different opinions on politics, including the politics of President Zelensky, but now we all support him as a commander in chief because that's what we need to do. We have a task, we have a name, we need to win the war. And do you have, what are your plans? Do you have uh, plans for the coming days? Do you plan to stay in Lvov or, or do you? you no, know? no, 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 I'm coming back to Central and East Ukraine and I'm, 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 I, I'll keep doing what I do till we win. Do you um, have anything, any message for the um, people of, of Britain and the international community? Yeah, I have three simple messages. First message, thank you. Thank you for all you've been doing and you are doing for Ukraine now. Both you and your government are doing a great job for Ukraine. Uh, no matter how is your political attitude to, for, to an uh, existing government, your, your government, I think they're doing a great job, particularly in supporting Ukraine now. So that's my message. Number two, it's not enough. What we need, it's planes, airplanes, and good air defense systems. So we need to fight Russians uh, and have equal, be, 
uh, equalize them not only in on the land on land but also uh, on, in in the sky. And third and most important, although maybe controversial, uh, we need uh, and we urge all of you to make a decision to close the sky of rain because if you close the sky, the the war is over. And I'm convinced. I know I'm just a person, private person, but I'm convinced that World War Three is less imminent when you close the sky than if you don't. Because if you don't, there is a big chance that in a worst case scenario, Russia wins the war and it will just beginning of night, a nightmare for all three worlds. I don't want uh, my words to be like omen, but it's something that I feel. Either we stop him now or it's going to be Hitler and 1938, 1939. So mm, I think Putin feels power. So if he sees that this, you know, very persuasive and very definite actions from other countries, especially the United States, Britain and their allies, he'll won't, he won't be there enough to, to, to start the World War III. I don't think so. Once again, it's my private opinion, but I'm somehow convinced. So the more you push him, the more he's afraid. If you're gonna, if you want, so deter, yes, appease, no, thanks God, no. If, if, if even if it doesn't start World War Three, is not it a danger that it would escalate the conflict itself in Ukraine and and be more damaging for the people of Ukraine themselves? Maybe, maybe you're right at the very beginning, but in the mid range, mid term, and certainly long term, it will give us uh, opportunity to win. It's very similar to what you had first during Blitzkrieg and then battle over England. So, so you need just first push, you need help. Here, like, you know, you had American ships giving an aid for you. You, have other, you had other things. You just won the time and then you won afterwards. We need to win the time. Hmm. Um, well, thank you. And uh, is, is there any, uh, anyone else who we should be paying attention to? Any, anything else that you think we're not paying yeah, attention sanctions, to? Sanctions, certainly sanctions. The world has already been uh, has has already done a lot of things, but we need more. And we need thank sanctions not to make Putin feel bad, but we need sanctions that will touch every Russian. And we don't want them to suffer. We want them to give them motivation to flood the streets. If motivation of killing of Ukrainian innocent people is not enough, then probably we need motivation for their lives to be changed. I don't know. If they feel shortage of food in their country, they will understand that they need to stop it. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need sanctions. The more the better. Uh, business sanctions, economic sanctions, financial sanctions, traveling sanctions, you name it. Mm. Um, well, thank you so much. And, and um, I really appreciate uh, your time. And one, th one more thing that we need. We need, we need just moral, spiritual support. And I know that many, many celebrities, many musicians, including England, famous musicians already contacted us and they uh, proposed their help. It's great. Let's do something together. Let's do a song together. Let's see that the whole world supports Ukraine, not only military or economically, but, but also in arts and spiritually. That's very important as well. No, totally. We are here, we are here waiting for you. Yeah. 
Um, well, we're 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 here praying for you, and and we'll continue to pray for you, and and pray for peace in uh, in in this unbelievable time. And and I'm tremendously grateful for for you taking uh, time out. Thank you very much. My honour. Oh, the honour's ours. Well, um, yeah. Um, God bless you, and and um, yeah. Thank you. We'll see you on the other side. See you. Thank you.